Welcome to Are You Awake? And here is your host for this podcast, Monty Dravenstead. Good day, everyone, and uh, welcome to the second uh, podcast for Are You Awake? And today is a uh, topic for today is money and the banks. And the reason for this topic and being so in the second podcast right away is this is the crux of the entire issue. If you don't understand what's going on here and how the globalists are using this system to basically control everything, a lot of the rest of it won't make any sense. This is the reason for everything that's happening in Europe, the global meltdown, uh, a big part of what's happening in America. This all comes from what's going on here. So we're going to probably cover about three things today. We need to cover interest rates. We need to cover a little bit about the Fed. We need to cover about what the printing money really means and go on from there. And we'll just see where my mind takes it from there. Because remember, this is a layman's term. So you're not going to get specific, you know, um, spelling out of what economics means and all of that kind of stuff. I'm going to try to lay it down for you as best I can. And you can go out and test it. You can send me in uh, questions and stuff. If you want more information, I'll see what I can do to get it out there for you guys. But let's just go from the beginning. And the beginning is the Fed, at least here in America. And this works all over the world, different countries. Uh, the euro has kind of the same system. But we'll work with the Fed, and that will give you an idea of what's going on. So the Fed here is created back in 1913, and it is not, and I repeat, not a government agency. What this is is a group of banks who the government gave the power to print the money and set regulations for the banks themselves. So the biggest part of that regulation, well, one of the two biggest parts, one is, is the money itself. But two is the interest rates. Now, why this is so important is, is this. The way what interest rates really do in an open market is if you and all of the people around you in your hometown are savers, then the banks that you put that money in have money to lend out to other people to do whatever they're going to do with. Now, that could be building homes. That could be building businesses. That could be adding on to businesses, whatever. The more money that they have in the bank that is your savings money, then the less the interest rate is going to be because there's less of a risk if someone defaults on the loan. They have more money to work with. The less money that the group around you saves, that means that the interest rate would be higher, meaning it's more of a risk. However, the Fed is setting the interest rate. It's not being set by the amount of money that people are saving. It's being set by a bunch of people who want the interest rate supposedly to do what they want it to do, whether it's supposed to stimulate people um, buying, whether it's supposed to stimulate people building businesses, or whether they want to cut back on it or however they want to do. They don't leave it up to the banks or to the banks to decide, but even more, it's not being left up to the people around who normally would decide this. The other thing that the interest rate does is when it is low, that means that people are saving. That means that people who would have things like cars, larger television sets, anything that you would save for housing, 
means people are saving for those kinds of things. Now, they could be, be saving for retirement, but in general, it means that people are saving money looking at larger purchases or long-term purchases. If the interest rate is very high, that means people aren't saving, and it makes more sense to invest in short-term purposes. In other words, people are more worried about their food on their table. Or in today's day and age, they're more worried about their cable bill, not necessarily the television that they're watching the cable on. Okay, So you understand that that's what the interest rate does. It gives business an idea of where to put their money. It gives them an idea of what people are thinking about their money and where they want to spend it and how they want to spend it. And when the Fed keeps screwing with the interest rate, as they have been doing for 100 years, how is business supposed to use this barometer at all? No one knows where the interest rate should be. It hasn't been set by the banks themselves, by us, by our savings, or anything like that in 100 years. So... There's no real, that, that entire mechanism that the market provides is gone. Nobody really knows what they're doing. So you're all speculating and making decisions, and business are making decisions based on interest rate. You're making decisions on where you save and how you save based on interest rate. If you're not even making a percent, you're not going to save. What's the point? There's no point in saving it. That drives money to a stock market because it has better than just savings. It, it drives things all over the place, meaning none of us are being able to use what the market provides to make decisions. We're all being manipulated into a decision. So that's number one. Number two is they control the entire amount of money out there in the world. You say, well, what big deal is that? You know, who, who cares how much money is out there? Well, because if you if something is worth a dollar with let's just say there's a hundred thousand dollars out there in the entire world and something's worth a dollar and all of a sudden they print another hundred thousand dollars well that means now that whatever you had is only worth 50 cents because the dollar is nothing more than a representation of what you would be willing to trade this for in other words an apple farmer might be willing to trade one apple to one orange well, if there's double amount of apples out there, now you wouldn't be willing to trade that same amount of stuff. And the money is the representation of all that stuff that's out there. And when you put more money, you didn't put more stuff. You just put more tokens out there, meaning now all of a sudden all that stuff lost value. But it doesn't lose value immediately. It loses value over time as that money gets into the market. And the people who originally get that money, well, they can spend it real quick on the stuff before it actually changes the prices of things. The people who get that money last, which is normally your lowest class worker or just plain workers, we see the, the prices change before we see the money. If you get the money before the prices change, you win. If you see the money after the prices change, you lose. And once again, that's set by the bank. That's not anything that we're voting on that's nothing congress is controlling they have no right to control it they gave up their right they gave it to the fed so now let's really look at what the fed is doing you've heard about the printing presses maybe um you've heard about uh, uh them doing where, where they're basically printing extra money supposedly to help the country well that doesn't really work and they're printing money out of nothing out of thin air so let's follow what happens. 
So the Fed, and we'll, we'll take that same example of $100,000, and the Fed goes ahead and prints another $100,000, okay? They just made it up. That's monopoly money. Now, it eventually affects real things. It affects the price of an apple. It affects the price of an orange, and it affects your wages, but barely. You, you, nobody's paying you more just because they put more money out there, all right? So you've got the same amount of money, but the things of the prices go up because the money's not worth the same amount anymore. But you're getting paid the same, meaning even your wage in all reality went down because you didn't change what you're worth, but they're not paying you any more than what you're worth. But all of the products are being charged more than what they were a little while ago, meaning the same amount of money you make loses its value in purchasing power. Okay, so out of thin air, they print this money. That's bad enough. But let's look at what's really going on, at least lately with this. So they print that money, and then they go and buy government bonds. So what's a government bond? Well, that's selling. That's how the government gets its money other than taxes. So they go and say, hey, give me this money, and um, I'm going to use it for whatever I use it for, but I promise to pay you such and such percent of interest over it for, for you to let me use that money right now. Now, companies do this all the time, but the companies usually use it to make an investment in which they think they're going to get a profit back on, and therefore it's like loaning from the bank, except they loan from a bunch of different people, and those people make the decision to buy those bonds, and that's their stock in there. They have direct stock into there. Usually pays a little better. But anyways, so the Fed is buying up the government bonds. Now, we all know the only way that they're going to pay those back is to raise taxes. But you're also printing the money, which we know makes everything go down in value. You then buy up bonds with made-up money and then claim that we as the taxpayers owe you back the money. We didn't borrow the money. Now, all the people on welfare or any other service, including roads, including anything the government does, is taking that money. And now the government owes those banks the money back. But remember, the banks made up the money. The banks didn't have people invest in their product. The banks haven't been wisely investing or doing anything of that to make money. They made it up. They are giving them monopoly money. The monopoly money is then used to pay all of us off one way or another, and we are told now take your real money once it becomes sort of real money, and you pay your taxes back us so we can pay those people who made up the money. So we are paying them back for them making up the money. This is how Iceland went straight down. This is how Ireland went straight down. This is what's happening. The bankers make up the money buy it up from the government, and then make the government go back and say, you have to, you know, you have to pay us back. And then when they start going under, because of whatever reason, usually it's not even the government, but their own mismanagement, then they say, we're too big to fail, you need to bail us out. So now we've, what, three times given them their money? They kind of had the money to begin with, they printed it, they made it worth less, then they use that money to make somebody pay them back for money they didn't earn, for money they just made up, and then say, we're failing and you owe us this money, but what money? This is why it gets so confusing. 
because they're just making it up and there's no reason for it. They get away with it because as of Rose from Roosevelt, we got rid of the gold standard. So they don't have to back the money up with anything. At least then they had to somehow get a hold of gold and say, I have more gold. Therefore I can give out more money. And that doesn't change you're holding on to something it's the apples and oranges again you have something the the money's actually standing for something the money stands for nothing anymore there there's no backing to it there there's nothing there they can just print it out of thin air and worse they don't even print it they just go into a, a computer and add a couple of zeros there's your national debt people there's where your money's coming from now Yes, it's true. We are spending way too dang much money. But the only way we get that money right now is that they're making it up out of thin air and then telling us that we, as the American people, owe it back to these banks who made up the money. They didn't earn it. They're not giving it. They made up the money. Okay? Just think about that. That's what's really going on. They made up the money. And we're all suffering for it. We're all part of it. Now, the reason this is such a crux is because this is how they're now holding on to all of the governments. They are about to crash the entire of Europe by what they've done here. Because here's where it gets even more sick. So these governments owe the banks money, right? But it's not real money. It's money they made up. And when you can't pay them back, then they say, well, somebody has to pay us back for that made-up money. And if you don't pay us back, then we can't do anything. You know, we're going to – they just claim that they're going to crash everything, which doesn't seem like it's real either. It's just fake. But so here's Greece. They say we're going to bail out Greece. Okay, if you think like I do, that means we're going to give Greece the money to be able to pay their bills. We're going to be able to take care of their benefits. We're going to be able to do all of this stuff. No, they are giving them the money to pay back the bank. Their bills still sit there. So in your own home, this would be take your credit cards and you have no money. You have no job. Remember, governments don't get any money unless they get taxes. Well, as the economy goes into the ground, they get less and less taxes. Okay, so you're not making the income you did before. Somebody comes along and says, I'm going to make up the money. And I'm going to pay off your credit card bills. Okay, that sounds wonderful, except you don't have the money to eat. You need $4,000 to live or wh whatever you need. You're only making two, and somebody offers to pay off your, your debt. That's nice, but it didn't solve the problem in any way, shape, or form, did it? you're still going to keep going right back into debt because you need an extra $2,000 to feed your family and pay your bills. Well, so what did you really accomplish by paying this off? All you did was shove it down the road, and you didn't get helped. Only the bank got helped, who made up the money in the first place to give literally all of us, that's even partly where the credit card money, but Look at this from a government. So the government thinks it's getting money from a bank who made up the money. They spend the money and promise it to their people. 
those people are promised something and the government thinks it needs to pay that. And then they say, no, you have to put in all these austerity measures and stop paying the people so that the banks get paid back. Not so that the people get their pensions, not so that the roads get fixed, not so that whatever it is that you guys have decided to do or that the government has decided to do with their money, whether you agree with that or not, that's not what's getting paid off. The bank is getting paid off. So the problem still sits there. So Greece can get bailed out, but they still don't have the money to feed their people or their people to feed themselves, the pensions, however you want to look at that. It's still not there. So how are they going to get that money? They're going to get it from the banks who are going to make up more money. And then if the banks don't get their money back, however, that's going to work. Like I said, this is a layman's version, and, and you can do more research and you can find out all of the details of it. But there you go. So now they own the people because they keep claiming we owe them the money. And nobody's arguing that we owe them the money because we all think it's like, well, yeah, we, we did spend it but we didn't spend real money. See, when you get a credit card and you get paid every week and you put more on that credit card than you can pay off, you spent something real. You spent, those people gave you that credit card assuming you were going to continue to make the same amount of money you made before. And so it's based, at least for the most part, on something real. When you can just make it up, it's not based on something real. It's based on nothing, and then we owe them back the money that they made up. So basically it's not the money we owe them. It's just, well, you need to you know, honor your contract, but the contract is based on you being able to make up your money. So that's really where we go from there. There's a whole lot more we could get into, how the welfare state, um, the whole issue of social justice, which has put us down, the need to spend all of this money, the need for a bank, um, the whole issue that no one can control what the bank does. They don't have to be audited, which is Ron Paul's start of the whole thing, and he wants to audit it because he wants to show the people this is the reason we need to get rid of this bank. Because nobody knows where the money's coming from. We don't know what money they're making. We don't know what they're doing. And because they play with the interest rates, the the entire economy doesn't know what it's doing anymore. So go ahead, check this stuff out on your own a little bit. Um, and just a side point, um, this was one of Lincoln's big three. Get the railroads federal money, get a national bank in place, and save the union. Slavery had nothing to do with it. So in my opinion, this kind of goes back to Lincoln. There were, there were banks before that. Ham it really goes back to Hamilton. Uh, he was the only one who really wasn't for limited government. He just thought that the government had to be different than what it was in England, but still as strong. And this is what happens when the government starts getting into this because there's nobody to go over them. Congress said, here you go. You guys take care of the money. And by the way, nobody's going to be able to go over and look what you did or didn't do with it because you're a private institution and we give up our control over it and go from there. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this opened your eyes a little bit. Um, again, write me back at uh, any of the places that you find the podcast and I'll do my best to answer any questions that you have, whether in a podcast or direct response. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Have a great day.